the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, this station, or its advertisers. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. Here we are on another Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gistan, on this January 22nd, 2024. Happens to be 5.05 p.m. on a very cloudy Monday evening. Rainy over the last two or three days. It appears that uh, we are supposed to have some lengthy precipitation going on for a few days and i personally don't mind it's wet it's a little cool but uh, probably necessary there are areas of our state that really does need this deluge hopefully we won't hear from our governor or our government about uh, water rations this year um and maybe we can get by with a, a bit of an auspicious Water bill. Hope you're doing all right. It's been quite a bit of time. We seem to just be taking these frequent breaks from the program uh, every other week or so for the last couple, two or three weeks. But I promise you, it was just the holidays. We should be on a good run for the next few months, at least. The Lord willing. Um, and um, we can gather together week in and week out. The number is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. You know how to reach us. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. My name is Jesse Gistan, the host of the Monday program, Monday Lifeline program, Tuesday through Friday. Yours truly, Craig Roberts, six behind the Attila Dehan to navigate um, book reviews. Uh, latest uh, uh, political talk and uh, political issues of the world, different things of that nature as well. But I have the privilege of starting off the week with you. And uh, we met, we meander, as you know, and, and today's no different. Uh, for us, a lot of us, we are, well, maybe you, you're listening for the first time. Uh, I'm pastor of Grace Bible Church in Hayward, Grace Bible Church Hayward off of A Street, a beautiful community of men and women of all kinds of backgrounds, cultures, ethnicities, et cetera, et cetera. Just a delightful bunch of folks that gather together in the name of the Lord Jesus by the spirit of the living God. And according to the gospel of his grace, we are a uh, God-exalting, Christ-centered, Bible-based ministry seeking to explain the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in total to let humanity know that God is in control, Christ is Lord, and we must be saved from our sins. The celebratory summons is the way that we use it these days 
It is not an invitation. It is a compelling argument that you should recognize the true and the living God and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. This constitutes the grounds for eternal life. John 17, 3 lays out for us. So every human being will meet their maker and they need to make sure that they are prepared when they do. This is why we preach the gospel everywhere and at every opportunity we possibly can. We are also on this really interesting journey through the book of the Pilgrim's Progress. And uh, John Bunyan is the author, as you know, a 17th century uh, pastor, um, nonconformist, if you will, pastor of the uh, English ilk out of Belfort, uh, Bedford, England. He uh, is known and loved by um, almost all Protestant uh, Christian communities, maybe some evangelicals as well, though our friend John Bunyan was indeed a, the, the, a different kind of pastor, different kind of preacher, different kind of heralder. And, and reading his biography, learned a lot about how very compelling he was. Hundreds and thousands came out to listen to him, though he was from a lowly means, as the English people spent a lot of time uh, evaluating people in terms of the wealth and inheritances and a hierarchy of, of income. In that day, John Bunyan was a, a poor man, but he was a very gifted man in the area of preaching and proclamation. And then certainly in terms of writing books, Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners, uh, Run for Your Life, Sinner, and uh, The Pilgrim's Progress, along with other articles and commentaries. He, along with many other uh, nonconformist pastors, preachers, uh, wrote lots of articles, lots of tracts, if you will, to get out to the public and society. We today can do the same thing and somewhat do on different uh, media, social media platforms, but largely what we do is speak to our congregations through the mechanism of microphones and, uh, and, and CDs and the internet. Thank God for that. I can speak to thousands of people on Monday evenings as we are doing now. And it's, uh, it's, it's largely a very uh, penuriously priced uh, process. We're not asking you for for money at length. We uh, we survive off of um, advertisers, and so you're not getting a monthly call to support the radio pro- radio program. But there are lots of uh, good ministries that have their own individuated uh, platforms by which you can also have your soul fed, and you can be directed as yours truly is engaged in and called you to understanding the times, understanding where we are today. And when you take the Pilgrim's Progress and plop it on top of society, you can see where folks are in a lot of ways, particularly in terms of our spiritual journey. So we're enjoying that journey. Um, I I teach it on uh, Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights as well. Um, And if you wanted to join us, you could do that by contacting us at gbchayward at gmail.com, lowercase g girl, b boy, c cat, gbchayward at gmail.com. Can we join you, PJ, for your excursion and journey through the Pilgrim's Progress? Certainly you may. We also are going through the Book of Romans this year, uh, the Pilgrim's Progress through the Book of Romans. It has been a fantastic start, if I might say so myself. And, uh, Yesterday, 
the Lord's Day, the day of worship. I don't know how many people we baptized, but we baptized a whole bunch of sisters. It was it was a very warm, very uh, inspiring, very uh, moving event, and we're thankful to God, and we're thank you, thankful to our master for being able to preach the gospel in a way that it compels people to come to the waters and confess Christ publicly as Lord, which is what the baptism modality and baptism ordinance is about, confessing Christ as Lord. So we're enjoying that. We're about to start uh, our fourth class, I think, on the Pilgrim's Progress tomorrow night in our Tuesday Bible study. It's called the House of the Interpreter. The Pilgrim Progress has a character called Christian who has made it to the wicked gate. And he has now thrust through the doors by the help of one goodwill. And they've had lengthy conversation and goodwill has advanced Christian on to his second major door. First the gate, now the door into the interpreter's house. And the interpreter is a allegory as well as the whole of the Pilgrim's Progress, an allegory of what the believer needs to understand in order for this journey of faith to be discerningly uh, progressed unto his ultimate uh, uh, and final destiny, which is glory. All believers, all people of God are headed to glory if we truly know the Father through the Son and are being led by the Spirit and through the word of the living God. We are headed to glory But we need to know some things. So the interpreter's house has seven distinct visions, and we are going to begin unpacking them tomorrow night, understanding their principles and understanding the allegory, the metaphor, the parables, the typology, the patterns, pictures, and similes that are set forth. The interpreter stands as a model of Christ who himself said in Matthew chapter 13, when the disciples asked the question, why are you speaking to the masses in parable? And he answered them and said, because it is given for you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to them it is not given. This is a fulfillment of Isaiah chapter six, where God told Isaiah to speak to the people who have ears but cannot hear. Eyes they see, uh, eyes they have but cannot see in their hearts are wax growths because of the secular carnality and idolatry of the paganism that surrounded them and permeated them in the uh, 8th century B.C. The prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled by our Lord when he says, therefore, I speak to them in parables because they seem see not and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. But he goes on down to say over in verse 16, but blessed are your ears, your eyes, for they see and your ears, for they hear. For verily, I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. And hence he began the series of uh, parables in Matthew 13, seven or eight parables, if you distinguish them carefully with the parable of the sower and the seed. And what Jesus said to them is what he's saying to all of us. If you don't understand the parable of the sower and the seed, you will not get any of the issues of the kingdom of God in the pictures and patterns and prophecies and analogies and metaphors that the word of God lays out. The parable of the sower and the seed lays out the characteristics of men and women 
um, alleging to come to the kingdom, some making it and some not. And the parable explains why. So does the pilgrim's progress. Again, if you want to join us, you can do that at gbchayward at gmail.com, having a great time expounding the gospel and laying the scriptures on top of the pilgrim's progress. We have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to deal with some news, some questions. I'll take your phone calls at one 367 one We will be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Yes, we are. The number to reach me is one 367 5329 to reach yours. Truly, Jesse Gistan. For conversation and dialogue, you may have some questions. Just in the atmosphere, we haven't even really gotten into any kind of monological topic, but you just may have some. You can line up because we will take phone calls in a little bit. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. The first thing that I, I want to put out to you is that uh, the it was a very interesting question that came via the blogosphere, and the question goes like this: What would be the most likely reason for the twenty twenty four election to be suspended? What would be the most likely reason for the election here in 2024 to be suspended? Now, the truth be told is this presidential election taking place now, 23-24, is one of the weirdest election processes I have ever seen in my life. And I'm sure you, uh, you would agree with that. Not only is it weird in the sense that um, the Republican Party has gone through such major turmoil uh, uh, relative to what could be any significant potential candidate besides the former president, Donald uh, J. Trump. Um, and, and with that, it has just been kind of a miserable dismantling of the uh, of the uh, candidates who amounted to about maybe about 10 or 12 of them from the beginning uh, up to recently uh, Vivek Ramaswamy closed out, whom I really do enjoy. I, I appreciate his candor, his his freedom of speech. I will be talking about that shortly with another question. I really appreciate him not being afraid to tell the truth about everything that has been deflected uh, divested from the right of the American people to have open and full and free discourse about. Uh, I, I must tell you that he is a breath of fresh air in that during the presidential Republican uh, presidential debates, he broke away from the cardboard box uh, status quo presentation as if he was part of an assembly line of Republican candidates that was supposed to be strapped down by the Republican Party and big money to say only what they want him to say. And if he, along with the other eight or nine or 10 candidates, which quickly fell by the wayside because they were more than empty suits, they were utterly embarrassing. I will not waste time talking about why, but it becomes clear, doesn't it, ladies and gentlemen, that after a while, we get not only tired, but fatigued, and we become suspicious of and disturbed by a kind of controlled uh, uh, narrative, a constructed controlled narrative 
that never, ever really presses into the real issues of the American people and the American needs. You didn't get that kind of cardboard copy assembly line presentation from Vivek uh, Ramaswamy because he knew that that doesn't work with real people, with frustrated people, with the real American taxpayer uh, people. I'm talking about left and right. So if you're listening and you're on the left, you, you can admit these things are true as well. There is no doubt that you and I are dealing with a very looming, wicked, dystopian domination of the media, domination of the narrative, domination of our political um, uh, engine. Uh, it's, it's so bizarre. It's so uh, dystopian. It's so um, uh, plastic, so fictitious, so uh, callously, carelessly, uh, draconianly, almost, um, again, almost just uh, a fabrication of unreality at the highest levels. It's just so plastic. You guys know that. And, and, and Vivek will just get from behind the podium and just go off on all the candidates and their superficiality, their weakness. They're being bought off by big money. Now, this is quite interesting. This this tandem that I'm going to this kind of a pathway I'm going down now. And, and you can you can share with me your thoughts uh, when we go open to the when we open the phone lines. Refreshing is the man or the woman who actually have their feet on the ground and know how to actually address the real issues, no matter how controversial they are. Is that not true? Is it not true that the historical tradition of sound Christian rhetoric is the fact that the prophets spoke for God and they spoke to the common people and they spoke against the government from time immemorial? Isn't it true that a prophetic voice knows how to blow the alarm, sound the alarm, blow the trumpet? That's the metaphor for warning the people. A prophetic voice knows how to do that, even if it offends the status quo. Isn't that what John the Baptist did? Isn't that what Jesus did? Isn't that what Jeremiah, Isaiah did? Isn't that what Amos did? Isn't that what Hosea did? Didn't these men uh, proclaim a word against the leadership, against the elite, against the uh, political power brokers, against the uh, tinker town, Hollywood, uh, fabricated um, constructed system that tries to present a vision of reality that we know is nothing but altered reality. Now, you know this is true. If you've been listening to me for years, you know I have told you this is your neo-fabricated um, um, sort of a Truman story scenario, and people know it. They hate it. They know it. They hate it, unless, of course, you are just drone dead uh, by party lines and party allegiance, uh, Vivek, how outstandingly blew out all of them, including our boy uh, DeSantis, Ron DeSantis. Now, I like him, but he's definitely not at all a candidate that I want to vote for. I think that we are in a place right now, and here's the question. We've got about three minutes before we go to the break. I think we're in a place right now, just from my observation, as someone that has been, uh, you know, perusing politics now for 20 plus years, 23, 24, 25 years uh, for a while now, and certainly on radio with you guys since 9-11 and before that, a few years before that, I'm seeing that we are about to break out into a very different world, a very different nation, 
a very different political process. And it won't necessarily be for good if we don't uh, if we don't wake up as a society, take the helm of our invested authority as constitutionally principled men and women and make sure that the process doesn't turn into a wholesale banana republic and is stolen from us right under our feet and under our noses and before our eyes. I am wondering whether or not human beings in America are actually brave enough to tell the truth. Because I'm around all kinds of fearful Americans. I'm around people who know better but won't say it. Remember what we said last year in 2023 frequently? Me, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. So it's the proverbial three monkeys. They're just sitting there and and they, they have nothing to say. And that's how people are who are being conditioned and being controlled. And it's absolutely phenomenal to see it as if we don't have the ability to do something about it. And the elite, the power brokers, your 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 uh, senior administrative state, if you don't know what that is, that is the deep state that you always hear uh, people who are extremely concerned about lifetime politicians such as, uh, you know, B.B. Biden and Biden B.B., uh, who um, are on their own agenda at the uh, cost of the American people. I'm talking about both America and Israel uh, just being able to confiscate tens of billions of dollars from us against our will, against our judgment, against our affirmation. It's really, really true. You know this is the case. And on um, all of the uh, war fronts and uh, agendas that are taking place are just absolutely uh outside, really, of the American interest. Now, your government will tell you, starting at the administration of the Biden, that this is all within the framework and needs and interests of the American people. Not so, ladies and gentlemen, not so. You know it and I know it. And the question is, what would be the most likely reason for the 2024 election to be suspended? Here are the, here are the four uh, possibilities. A World War III which we're on the brink of just gradually releasing right now, a presidential assassination or an elected, you know, a nominated presidential assassination, any economic collapse or what we might call a cyber attack. This is what we talked about last time. And a pandemic 2.0. That is to say there is another pandemic on the horizon as the World Health Organization is warning called the um, the X factor, something of that nature, uh, which is a wild, wild notion. So which one of those would be the likely reason to shut down the 2024 election uh, this year suspended besides the fact that uh, Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum has stated that it won't be long before we will not be needing the elections. Artificial intelligence will take care of that. So that's the question I'm posing to you. There are going to be a few other things I want to talk about, and then I'm going to open the phone lines. The number is one 367 one Pay some bills. We'll come back and pick up after this break. And now back to Lifeline. The time is 535 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. You are listening to Jesse Gistan, pastor of Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Been around for quite some time, blessed to be a voice in your ear, hopefully also in your heart, to guide you by the light of God's word and just 
sound wisdom after many, many years of uh, navigating this crazy world uh, for the gospel's sake. And we are talking about a question that I raised uh, before the break. What would be the most likely reason for the 2024 election to be suspended? One, would it be a World War III? That's possible. Two, would it be in a, a sort of nominated presidential or presidential assassination? That's possible, not likely, but we've had one. And in fact, we've had several of them. Our presidents have been assassinated. You do know that. Three, an economic collapse, a cyber attack. We just left off watching, expounding, deconstructing, analyzing, and putting a redemptive lens on Leave the World Behind, a uh, predictive programming presentation by the Obamas and others, which was designed to warn us about what? Blackouts and cyber attacks. Um, That is a real thing, ladies and gentlemen. Cyber attacks is a real thing. Listen to this. Digital kill switches. This is uh, an article by a writer. Digital kill switches. how, How tyrannical governments stifle political dissent. How tyrannical governments stifle political dissent. Listen to what Rand Paul says. No president from either no president from either party should have the sole power to shut down or take control of the internet or any other of our communication channels during an emergency. Well, that just happened during COVID. That whole time was a seizure by the government surreptitiously behind closed doors to control the narrative, what you could hear and what you could see. If you don't see that, well, I'm sorry. What's to stop the U.S. government, Rand Paul goes on to say, from throwing, uh, this is not Rand Paul, this is the author, uh, commentator of this article, what's to stop the U.S. government from throwing the kill switch and shutting down phone and internet communications in a time of so-called crisis? I ask you that. What's going to stop them? The author goes on to say, after all, it's happening all over the world. Listen to this. Communications kill switches have become tyrannical tools of domination and oppression to stifle political dissent. We're not far from that. To shut down resistance. We're not far from that. To forestall election losses. To reinforce military coups. Keep the populace isolated, disconnected, and in the dark. COVID, hints, hints, literally and figuratively. As the Guardian reports from Ukraine to Myanmar, government-run internet outages are picking up pace around the world. In 2021, there were, listen to this now, 182 shutdowns in 34 countries. Countries across Africa and Asia have turned to shut down in a bid to control behavior while India, largely in the conflict-ridden region of Jammu, Kashmir, plunged into digital darkness more times than any other last year. Civil unrest in Ethiopia and Kazakhstan has triggered internet shutdowns as governments try to prevent political mobilization and to stop news about military suppression Emerging not not if you get the concept, please understand it's happening here in America as well in a soft tiered fashion. I love the way one 
Um, one uh, scientist, uh, uh, observationist, he's a political scientist, I forget his name, but he said it like this. You and I live in the illusion of freedom. There are control factors dominating the parameters of our information basis. And in that sense, if they can flank the news, if they can parlay the news, if they can curate the news, then they can create uh, firewalls, black firewalls that hinder you and I from knowing what's really going on in the world. You would agree with that, I know. If the media is as domineering as we believe it is to be, if our government, if our DOD, if our, uh, if our executive branch is as maniacally manipulative, lying and cunning, engaging in the kind of um, surveillance technologically uh, governed surveillance of its uh, American citizens by a strong army or bribing, if you will, big tech, social media platforms, then they are engaging in a kind of uh, technological warfare upon its citizens. Is it not true? And what's to stop them from implementing some kind of, like I said, crisis or another to produce a necessary control of the trajectory of the uh, political process in play right now when it comes to the next president of the United States. Notice what the article goes on to say. In an Internet-connected age, killing the Internet is tantamount to bringing everything, communications, commerce, travel, the power grid to a standstill. Tyrants and would-be tyrants rely on this cloak of darkness to advance their agendas. And the article goes on to explain more fully what's going on around the world in these matters. He says these government-imposed communication shutdowns serve not only to isolate, terrorize, and control the populace, but also underscore the citizenry lack of freedom in the face of the government's limitless powers. That is why Rand Paul was saying what he was saying, because he knows we are already tinkering with those kind of influences, those kind of modifying control levers in terms of our political freedom and expression of free speech. Speech. He goes on to say, yet as University of California Irvine Law Professor David Kay explains, these kill switches are no longer exclusive to despotic regimes. They have migrated into a toolbox for governments that actually do have the rule of law. We do have the rule of law. We don't use that law to rule. We do have the rule of law. We don't use it to rule. Guarantee you. Look at what's happening to your ex-president. I don't care if you don't like him. What's happening to him is completely off the chart. In fact, the same thing that's happening to him, if there's a quid pro quo, should be happening to the dude in the office because of all of the things he's done over the 40 years he's been in government. It goes on to say, this is what digital authoritarianism looks like in a technical age, in a technological age. Digital authoritarianism as the Center for Strategic International Studies cautions involves the use of information technology to surveil, repress and manipulate the populace, endangering human rights and civil liberties and co-opting and corrupting the foundational principles of a democratic and open society's freedom of movement, right to speak freely and express political dissent and the right to personal privacy online and off. I could go deeper into that. I think you get the implications. 
The big question I would ask you is, does it matter? Does it matter to you that you are gradually being um, controlled by a matrix system that basically has the ability to hit a kill switch, even down to our automobiles? This is also happening. And this is exactly what I was uh, inferring when I said that Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum was hinting at in just a few years We won't have the kind of election processes we have been having for the several decades of our known life, ladies and gentlemen, the several hundreds of years in American history. Our our due process for electing presidents appears to be an extreme danger when you consider the left, when you consider the Democrats not at all running potential running potential candidates to take Joe Biden's place. That's not proper. That's not right. That is not politically fair. That is, and the Democrats aren't saying anything about it. This goes to show you how deeply controlled and compromised Americans are right now. I mean, both the Democrats and the Republicans should be up in arms about this uh, misuse of, uh, of authority in relationship to the political process. It, it, there should always be candidates running in all and every party that can be part of the process in order for the will of the American people to be heard. You see, this is where we have been screaming from the top of our lungs. We are losing our democracy has been and are losing it because the will of the people are not being is not being done. And it appears that even though you may know, like I've said before, you don't care. And because you don't care, they don't mind that, you know, since you don't care and they're just doing what they want to do. All right. The number is one triple eight. Three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine is the number to reach me on the Monday edition of Lifeline one eight 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 three six seven five three two nine. Once again, I'm gonna pay some bills, and when we come back, we'll begin to look at the lineup for your conversations with yours truly. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-FOR-KFAX. And now back to Lifeline. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. It's 550 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. And the number is one 888 As you heard the announcer stated, one 888 I've got three lines open. I'm ready to have some conversation for the next hour. Let me go ahead on to finish this uh, observation that this article gives us. It says in 2005, cell phone service was disabled in four major New York tunnels, reportedly to avert potential bomb detonation via cell phones. This was at the time when they were scaring everybody around terrorism. We could have a long conversation about that, how we breed and groom terrorists around the world. And then let them loose as wild animals on the prairie of humanity and then turn ourselves into rescuers of the people here and abroad. And and again, confiscate untold numbers of money from the American people as we put on the white hat, chase down the black hats and try to wipe them out to no avail because it never ultimately works. Even though we declare victory, they seem to emerge again from the dead. Do they not? I mean, all the way up to Hamas. For those who don't know the false narrative framing that's taking place when it comes to the Palestinians groomed and bred by your government 
and by your president and by the president of Israel, by the way. Hamas, Hamas, Hamas is supposed to be a scary term for you and me. Uh, and, and in reality, bred and groomed by billions of dollars over many years to be planted in there as a wedge between uh, Israel and the Palestinians. And here, there's supposed to be a big monster now that we're all supposed to automatically hate. The cell phone services is said to have went off again in 2009 uh, to 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 block uh, the potential for a cell phone attack. You've watched a lot of the predictive programming terrorist movies about cell phones being used to blow up things. And in 2011, San Francisco commuters had their cell phone signal shut down, this time to thwart any possible protests over a police, police shooting of a home, homeless man. And then again, with shutdowns being hard to detect, to detect who's saying that is not still presently happening. We know that it is. Although an internet kill switch is broadly understood to be a complete internet shutdown, it can also include a broad range of restrictions such as content blocking, throttling, filtering, complete shutdowns and cable cutting, um, as Global Risk Intel explains, as well as we heard the uh, the industry formerly called Twitter, which is now called X, um, with those whistleblowers telling the world and telling the uh, the House and Senate, um, particularly the Republicans, what was happening in the Biden administration to uh, thwart the elections, modify the elections, control, contain, and uh, construct the elections. And, and it appears that you and I don't particularly care about that. Um, but as it happens more and more and more and more and more, you and I are going to discover how easily and how quickly they shadow us, they block us, they limit our capacity for reach, and many other things, and maybe at some point punish us, as they are doing with people in Canada, Australia, and other parts of the world. Wake up, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we're going to start going to the phone lines again. The number is one 367 Let us start with our dear brother Jermaine on line number one. Jermaine in the house. What's going on, man? Well, nothing much. Just enjoying the show. What What's your thoughts on our um, on our opening well, monologue or otherwise? Yeah, just um, yeah, you got a lot to unpack there, but I think if I'm gonna try and answer your uh, questions, I yes, I think it's a it's a little bit of all of the above. Okay, I think uh, we've seen enough to know that these people are are really they're not bound by any limits and everything that we're hearing about as far as disease x and cyber attacks and trying to uh declare the former president a, an existential threat i i really think that they're doing everything in, the, in their power to kind of remain in control right and it, it just seems like no matter what you do to tell people some people are so far into the matrix that they really don't want to come out. And I see a lot of people who know what's going on. They can tell you verbatim what's going on. But when it comes to actually doing something to, to counteract that, you know, peacefully, no one wants to move. So I think in a sense, we're already seeing people kind of taking over and just kind of lost the will to, to resist. That's a really interesting observation. Of course, I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Jermaine. In this regard, let's take the first reaction that you stated in terms of, you know, 
what would you guys do if, if we looked up and the 24 elections were suspended because uh, of a, an alleged terrorist attack, an alleged pandemic too, like you said, uh, the disease X, which is something that has been in the works for way longer than people want to admit, uh, an alleged um, emergency use authority um, setting aside of our constitutional rights and implementation of of a soft martial law. And you, you said that there are some who just, um, you know, don't they have no they have no they have no idea and don't even want to go down that path. They just kind of want to stay, you know, in a prostrate state, prostate, prostrate state uh, under the blue pill influence of just hoping that this all goes away and we kind of go back to some normalcy. Then you talked about a second category of people who can basically spout the informational facts the um, oppositional uh, information to the uh, to the mainstream legacy media. And, and we're glad for that. I, I really am. That's a stage up. People who are aware um, uh, and therefore somewhat awake, but they're not illuminated as we're working through uh, the John Bunyan's The Pilgrim's Progress narrative. There are people who can be awakened to information, but they're not illuminated unto any kind of action that's called divided loyalty in the soul. That will be a kind of cognitive dissonance. The dissonance is not that they don't understand what we're talking about in their mind, but in their affections, in their will, in their volition, they have no desire to do anything that would be logical and reasonable in light of that information to advance this conversation with others for the good of bringing people into an awareness of what's going on in our world. And that kind of um, that kind of split intrinsic split loyalty, uh, divided loyalty is what paralyzes people. The first group is paralyzed because they're indifferent, as we're learning in the Pilgrim Progress. Once a Christian comes down the hill from Calvary, he will run across lazy, slothful and, and presumptuous. He'll, he'll run across those categories are exactly what we are talking about here. If people want to get a little bit of a foreshadow of what we're unpacking in the uh, Pilgrim Progress, because Christian wants to warn them, you are in danger, you are in danger, and they are not in a position to fully awaken and arouse their soul up out of sleep into action to move out of the way of that danger. I agree with you. That is really um, where we are. Um, Before I give you the last word, let me just kind of put something out there because I'm hearing this frequently from people who are at least willing to have the conversation that we're having. The thing that people need to be careful not to do is to think that there is nothing that they can do, because if that's how they feel, if they're thinking, then Revelation chapter 12 and 13 particularly has one who can make war with the beast. If the notion is, is that, you know, the system is too big, the government's too powerful, then, yeah, basically you've capitulated to the beast and all you're doing is waiting for them to put the proverbial handcuffs on you uh, and you're just going to go silently and quietly, which is what they want. Uh, the American people to do. Uh, You don't have to do that. There are alternatives, but you're going to have to seek out men and women who are working strategically uh, and by degrees to put themselves in a position to do better. Uh, I'll give you the last word on this before we take a break. Thanks for the call, too, by the way. What's your thoughts? Well, I think think the the problem is, the sick thing is we we live in a world where it's uh, motivation that seems to be the issue, where people are not motivated to do anything 
until the situation gets dire enough to force them, to compel them to. And, you know, I can take uh, believers where we have the most powerful thing in our midst available 24-7, the Bible. Yes. And we don't read it until there's trouble. So yeah. Yeah. 2024 for me seems to be ominous. I don't know what's going on, but exactly. I have an uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. But I do know that through prayer and, and going with the Lord's guidance that I'll be okay. The problem is you can't even get people to show up to pray with you. You can't get people to get properly motivated. So I just pray that God allows something that's properly motivating enough for people to get busy. Amen. Amen. I appreciate that, my dear brother. Very good words. I will say this before we go to break, and that is um, the goal of the enemy is always demotivating. The goal of the enemy is always to demotivate. The goal of the gospel is to motivate. The goal of the gospel is to go. The goal of the gospel is to see. The goal of the gospel is to hear. The goal of the gospel is to say what you see and what you hear. The goal of the gospel is to communicate, to to render to humanity what we call the celebratory summons. The gospel is the celebratory summons of a sovereign God, a sovereign savior, a sovereign salvation, a sovereign hope. Uh, which is designed to bring men and women into the uh, the gossip of the Savior in a way that it would awaken men and women. Uh, and so it definitely is something that we're called to do. And you can also know this, it's happening um, uh, around the world in pockets here and there. I'm very glad to, to be part of that predisposition. I'm so thankful that God didn't allow me to go to sleep. Um, as difficult as this traversing up the hill may be, I'm very glad to be part of those having the conversation, waking up young people, giving them light to the proper path and a proper lens to view this crazy um, Alex uh, Aldous Huxley's world, the brave new world that we're in. And of course, um, 1984, Orson Welles uh, you know, compliance to the new troop ministry. Um, it's work to be done, and we can do that work. Uh, we need to pray that God will continue to use the voices and the hearts and the minds of uh, whistleblowers and, and canaries in the tunnel and men and women that are w- willing to swim upstream and tell the truth for Jesus' sake. Got to take a break, pay a bunch of bills. We'll be back on the other side with your calls. To join the conversation, call 888-4-KFAX. That's 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed, we are back. And let's go to line number two and talk with John. John, are you there? Uh, Yeah. How are you and what's your thoughts, my friend? Oh, um, doing great. Pastor Jesse, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. What's, what's on your mind? Yeah. Hey, uh, I've, I've been missing coming to your, your church, but uh, I've been still getting in the word and praying, so just got to let you know I'm still on the battlefield. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so uh, I just wanted to say that uh, Leslie Huang, dealing with Star Search, she's doing a great job. And uh, I didn't hear her come on tonight yet, but... Um, yeah, she she's doing. Her and Tom Wong are doing a great job and and encouraging people to run for office. There's so many empty offices or empty seats that uh, level-headed people should run for. 
I totally agree with you, John. And um, I should be hollering at her shortly. And 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 to my dear brother Jermaine's observation, which we would all be sympathetic towards, that we are dealing with a sort of lapsarian uh, era, a uh, a real uh, diminished motivating uh, era in, in, in our political uh, climate. And with all of these open seats, we could at least we can at least make a local difference. But we have to inform people. We also have to find a way by God's grace to motivate them, because, again, our culture is demotivated. We are moving. Oh, can you imagine the dystopian, the absolute nightmare of artificial intelligence taking away uh, political elections, particularly at the highest levels of our government, and men and women just going to sleep under a matrix of a blitz of uh, artificial media outlets and uh, constructed narratives and just completely disassociating themselves from the process. I'm sure, I'm sure you can't imagine that, correct? Oh, most definitely. I can imagine it. As a matter of fact, I think we're only a couple steps away from that um, with the with the psychological warfare that's going on. I agree. I totally agree. I, I totally, yeah. I totally agree. It, it, it's it's an interesting. Uh, you know, I, I want you to finish your thought for sure. It's an interesting um, sort of forecasting that we're doing right now. Are we not knowing the landscape, understanding? The, the stratagems of our secular system, recognizing that our um, constitutional rights and our democratic process is almost on the brink of annihilation. We can kind of sense it, perceive it um, because of the utter extreme detachment on the part of the American people. How how are you how are you how are you faring with that with that kind of uh moderately distant vision what 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 are you doing to keep yourself grounded and uh committed to the cause of christ uh i'm going i'm participating in in the process um i i participated in the process uh for the last two election cycles i volunteered at the polls i took off from work um took a vacation day or you know in california it's more than one day so i think it's four days now so i took off it was Saturday, Sunday, but then I took off Monday, Tuesday as a vacation day to work at the polls. Yeah, and to add to that is is the, the, what we just talked about before was coupled, the psychological warfare coupled with the the dumbing down of our, of the kids. It's yes. it's only a matter of time. Yes. Right? So yes. who are, who is behind all of this? And I, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but. It just seems, yeah, I can definitely answer it. I'm a, I'm a straight conspiracy theorist. Biblically speaking, <laughs> John, listen, there's no way for anything to happen on large sociological levels without an intelligentsia behind it. That's the way God works. And so why wouldn't the enemy work the same way? Paul said we are fighting not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in high places that have methodias, that have schemes, that have strategies. David said it in Psalm 82. They consult together to cast him down from the throne. So the prophetic word tells us that these things are not happening in a vacuum. They are not happening apart from hierarchies of authority, strategy, systems, playbooks, uh, goals and agendas. This is what we mean by conspiracy. I don't let the CIA, which has taught our government and our media 
to deflect the legitimate impulse of American people to recognize when our government is trying to play us, that intuition to know that we're dealing with uh, agendas that are legislated, that are uh, gained, that are controlled, that come down by policies that are global in nature. These are so, John, we are in what Plato called open conspiracy, period. And what that means is when the power dynamics have shifted in terms of the government ruling the people to such an extreme where the government does not have to be afraid of the people's revolt anymore, then they can do things in the open that affirm what we knew was going on behind the scenes all along. And and there's nothing. People will feel like they can't do anything about it. But the first thing they got to do, my dear brother, is admit that many of us who were prophets, many of us who were whistleblowers, many of us who cared about our fellow citizens, told them that these things were happening. And if they would just move in terms of our legitimate political process and in trust in God and in prayer to do our part, then we could have hope that things could be turned around because they don't turn around any other way than for people to um, wake up, call upon God and lean into their responsibilities in a way in which they can feel proud that they at least did something before uh, before we lay down and suffer the consequences. I'll give you the last one. And, 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 and with that is that it's just not to and, and I'm full plan. I'm for reading my Bible. I'm for all of that witnessing. But at the same time, the the we have to use our talents and our skills. So I see that Gavin Newsom every time he does an executive order, it goes against our, our rights. And if we didn't have lawyers to fight to stand in the gap to to present these cases in, in court, we could never fight back, right? So we need people to be to be educated. We need people to be in law enforcement. We need people to be in all of these different fields, of medical fields, and all these different fields to help us and step up. But as some, as right now, a lot of people don't have enough courage to do that. And so the last thing I'm going to say is, you know, if all you have is, is to volunteer at the park and do that, but if you can muster any more courage, step out and start doing more. I agree. Thank you for that call, my dear brother. I agree. I'll say this before I go to break, you guys, in terms of what John just stated. Um, This is really what it means to be a Christian in this world. To be a Christian in this world is to um, be informed. It also means to discover and know your gifts and callings at the secular context. When John was speaking about the different um, arenas of life into which we may be called, whether the medical industry, law enforcement, education, uh, what have you, um, even as broadly and as um, as uh, relevantly as as the entertainment industry, because we can talk about how there are really good profits in the entertainment industry. Warning: the, the goal here is to uh, understand that whatever noble, human, altruistic, and uh, self governing. Uh, callings we have, again, whether it be a teacher, homemaker, mother, fireman, uh, lawyer, et cetera, et cetera, so many fields, those uniforms have to be filled with hearts that are rooted and grounded in reality. You bring to that arena the character of Christ, the truth of scripture, the prophetic call and the priestly call, and this is where things will change. If you're involved with your kids in the school district, 
you will see the needs and where needs are. This is where we try to bring the salt and light of what it means to be Christians. That is exactly what that parable is about. Salt and light means relevant, means ready, means present, means influential for the glory of God. That's exactly what it means. And this is where we have to wake up to that reality. The uh, the time is 6.16. We may have one line open, one 888 are two lines, one 888 Going to take a break, then we'll come back with your calls on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-FOR-KFAX. And now back to Lifeline. Yes, indeed. Let's keep it moving. We are going to go to line number three and speak with Leslie if she is there. Leslie on line number three, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Pastor Jesse. How are you? What's going on? Good, good. Well, so we're starting up our Star Search meetings again. We're working with over 20 candidates in Alameda County. There's various stages of filing and running. Um, We're having another meeting this Saturday uh, to encourage candidates to run, to tell them what's involved, as well as uh, if if it's it's appropriate for you to be running, or maybe you would be better off uh, supporting a candidate. But we're meeting this Saturday. That's January 27th. Yes. At the Newark Public Library at 10.30 a.m. This is the Newark Public Library at 10.30 a.m. this Saturday on January 27th. Um, Leslie and Tom do a great job. I don't know if you were listening recently, but John just gave you guys some real plugs. Um, Yeah, he's also running. He didn't tell you that. No, he didn't have to. Um, I, I it, it was kind of inferred, but I was very glad to have him remind remind all of us because you know we haven't had a chance to hear from you guys in a while. I'm glad you were taking a break, but I'm glad to hear that we are able to muster uh, some potential candidates, if not candidates. Uh, period. Do me a favor and and um, do once again tell us where it is, what time, and how people might be able to get a hold of you. Okay, so it's this Saturday, January 27th. It starts at 10.30 in the morning. We have a general meeting from 10.30 to 12.30. And then we also have one-on-one meetings. You're welcome to come uh, for those as well from 12.30 to 2.30. Yeah. And it's at the Newark Public Library. Mm -hmm. And that's at 37055 Newark Boulevard. So what I'm going to ask you to do, yeah, yeah. No, I want I want you to email me that information just in case people um, okay. email me. Hey, Pastor, what what did Leslie say this was at? Email that to me. I'm sure some okay. people are taking it down, but email it to me so I can uh, pass it on. If people are interested, who want to jump on um, jump on our email uh, list as as well. I'm very glad to hear you again. Um, uh, is Tom doing well? Yes, yes. We're we're so excited, and we're getting. A lot more interest now that the the November is where the the majority of the positions that have opened the local positions are. That's the race for the local positions. Absolutely, and, and things are picking up. That's that's called sowing the seed, and we wait for our first fruits, and then hopefully we can get a harvest as well. Can we have a uh, Can we have Tom's um, email for people to contact? Yes, him? it's it, oh, it's it's Tom Wong USA. That's T O M. W O N G U S A 
at gmail.com. Yeah, very like simple. Tom Wong USA at gmail.com. Sounds good. Listen, you guys keep up the good work, and maybe we can talk to you again next week. Okay. Thank you, Pastor Jesse. All right. Bye bye. Let's go to line number four. <clears throat> talk with James from the Bay, see what he's up to. James, are you there? Hey, PJ, how's it going, man? I'm good, I'm good. What's your thoughts? Oh, man, I'm just trying to drill down on some things, but I've just, you know, been listening to the calls from Jermaine and John and Leslie. Everybody's doing great work, and just want to continue to encourage everybody. God has everybody strategically placed, and like you always preach, he, he he can't lie, change, or fail. He's not. Neither are we. You know, we just have to continue on as none of that may seem, as that may sound. We just just have to because we have nothing else to turn back to. Uh, I'm just, just the way God does things, I mean, in just the phone calls, even though we don't see John very much and Leslie brought it out that, you know, he's running. He absolutely is. He's a, a very sharp brother, you know, very, very intelligent brother who can get the job done. And, 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 and um, Jermaine, he brought up the part about, you know, motivation, uh, a motivation. I was thinking about what he said. And it's like, yeah, we have motivational speakers, but we don't have, I'm talking, let me say, let me back up, motivational preachers in the pulpit. But they're not motivating people for God, for truth, for for, for the gospel. It, it's you know we, we know all about the mega ministries and the flocks that are going over on over there because they're not glorifying God. We know Agreed. that. Agreed. What we have here is, is <clears throat> very, uh, unique, not to bang the drum, but I, I just see things, you know, in a different light. And I, and, and I have to be uh, encouraged by what I see because I learned this from you. You you said there's, there, there's, there's how did you say it? I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it. Sure. There's a, there's, a, there's a fact and then there's what you stand on until you, you may not know what's going on, but you have your faith until that faith meets that fact. Because we walk. That's exactly right. We don't, we, we don't know. That's why we trust in God and we obey him. He already know. He's already at the finish line waiting on us just to see what what it is that we're going to do. Yeah, we're going to have our you know our trials and tribulations, you know, and but we have to keep our mind stayed on Him. Why? Because we everybody you know like we, we have the motivational speakers and we have people that are just content with forty inch screen big screens and earbuds and listening to the mainstream narrative, but as people come out of the matrix, and I do believe, I do believe there's enough people that are awaking out of the matrix. And the reason why I say that is because when I look at what I saw last January 6th, the way they tried to, the way they put a twist on it, I watched a couple of documentaries, I watched the real January, sure. I watched Captain sure. And I was looking, and I had a chance to even, with some of the brothers and sisters that, 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 are, that are among us in the congregation, showed me pictures that verify the number of people that are awake, they just didn't go there by mistake. There's some people that know their constitution. They know they're right. And they know there's a, they, they, they were, there's a lot of lying going on. So nobody went over there to, which is 
to what what to what's that term they use about democracy overthrow democracy what they did that the threat that's out there is the threat to the establishment that they're being exposed and that's what they're trying to hold on through with, with all they can because I believe there's, there's so many you can only plug up so many holes in the dam at one time before it collapses you know no, totally. you're, you're, you're totally absolutely right um and and to start from January 6th going backwards we would tell the truth that there were uh, unprincipled people. After you get 100 people, you're going to have three, four, five people that are unprincipled. This is true. This is why Jesus gave us the number 12 minus one. That is the apostles minus an uncouth principled person in Judas Iscariot. You can always have that. These aggregate numbers are important to understand any time a movement is going to take place. Then you're going to have people um, among us who may be legitimate and sincere, but also inclined to carnal tendencies, which is what Jesus had to shut down with Peter, James, and John, you know, uh, making it very clear that this thing is not done by the power of the flesh as they move towards Calvary. These are paradigms that show us how um, the gospel-oriented mindset must engage the culture at the levels of political opposition, which is what Calvary was about. People don't want to admit that Christ was headed right into the belly of the beast, dealing with the offenses and the wickedness and the um, usurpation of the authorities of both the Roman Empire and the uh, pseudo-Zionist system that wanted to deny Christ his crown rights as being the true son of David. That's what's going on right now in our world as we know it. They rejected the true son of David and they wanted to implement their own wicked pseudo uh, uh, Zionist uh, leadership that was in cahoots with the political system. This is the paradigm we're dealing with now. Uh, no, no, no doubt about it. Uh, in January 6th, the problem was is just that the commander in chief did not know how to more thoroughly protect the citizenry from falling prey to a draw play on the part of the deep state, which knew how to take a person's momentum. This is part of jujitsu as well. You take your opponent's momentum as they come towards you and you drive them further in advance of their objective than they knew because their own energy, their own momentum will lead them to that direction. This is why the folks that went there had not only people who weren't being prudently wise about what their real boundaries were, but then we had plants there. It's very clear the CIA was there. It's very clear the FBI was there. It's very clear that there was a stand down order. All this is is very clear. But the mistake, I must be honest, was on the part of the president making not making sure that those people did not fall prey to that trap, cross that line, and have to suffer the consequences that they are doing now. But to your point, because I got to take a break here, there are a lot of people who want to do the right thing. Motivation has to have a direction. So when we talk about motivational uh, preachers in the pulpit, they're leading people in the wrong direction. If they had wisdom and foresight and comprehension of what's at stake in terms of our country, they would be leading people to be motivated to pray, motivated to study, motivated to go deep in God's word, motivated to understand history, understand politics, understand the correlation between politics and religion, understand the mechanisms for actually... Uh, being free people under a constitutional basis as those who believe in God in dealing with these matters in peaceful ways for God to bless it and honor. Yes. And I'm closing here. 
because I got to take a break. Many, many good people are on the stump for uh, 2024. We could be hopeful for that. Thanks for the call, my dear brother. Got to take a break. Pay some bills. Two lines open. one 367 We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-FOR-KFAX. And now back to Lifeline. That's right. You can call us at one 367 to join the conversation. Let's go to line two, uh, line number one and talk with JB. JB, are you there? Yes, sir. How are you doing, bro? I'm very good, man. What's going on with you? I'm just calling in, uh, sharing my thoughts on, um, man, I wrote a bunch of notes about the whole, uh, leave the world behind thing. Program. Are you, you, you break, you breaking up on me, John, you breaking up. Where you at? Where you, at you know, maybe tie, tie it together if I could. Right. I just want to make sure you're not breaking up. Are you moving, JB? Are, are you moving? No, no, no. Can you hear me? Yeah, because you were breaking up. Uh, let's see if we can keep it um, keep it clear because you you kind of just broke up the riffle five, six, seven times. Uh, but go ahead, on man. Get, uh, give it give it your best shot. We can if we can get some clarity. I'd love to hear your observations about that. Okay. Can you hear me yeah. now? Yes, sir. All right. I'll stay as still as I can. So, um, leave the world behind. Um, there was uh, a really good expose of that done by a young brother named uh, Days of Noah. And it's spelled D-A-Y with a Z. Days of Noah. And he gave a really good breakdown of that. I just wanted to recommend that to people. Okay. Uh, also, just his his channel. He's a believer, and he does a real good job of uh, breaking down, uh, you know, the psyops and the uh, all the deception. Yes, yes, I know what you're talking um, about. Yeah, he he's a dude. So, um, but also, bro, you did a, um, you did something that I kind of wanted people to think about more and maybe we could have that more be part of our discussion because at the beginning of your show you were talking about what if they drop scenario number one on us which is uh, economic collapse or scenario number two on us where they don't let us like participate in an election let's say right Um, you about three years of the next storm to come. And it was, I, I looked it up, it was February 8th, 2021. Mm-hmm. And you talked about what would we do if there was another serious <clears throat> incident? Like what would be the practical steps right. for us to take? Right. And you also highlighted um, how important it was to have the right kind of relationships with people. Right. And the right kind of community, the right kind of skills. Yeah. So I guess the main thrust of what I wanted to talk about, because you were talking about um, the gospel is something that motivates us to take the right kind of action. 
I think that kind of like Noah and kind of like Joseph when he was in Egypt, they were given a warning about what was coming. Also in the book of Proverbs, it talks about a wise person sees trouble coming and hides himself or gets himself ready or protects himself and their family. These are all positive biblical uh, steps. I, I, I really think that there could be a profit to us having more of a deeper dialogue as to we already know what the problem is. These, these people are crazy <laughs> for one, and they're, they're, uh, they're up to no good. They're distracting us. You talk about the devil having the, is, is it five D's? That's it. How many five D's of the devil. Yeah. Well, one of the big D's I see right now is distraction. Absolutely. That's the number the one. He's distracting us. Yeah. He's distracting us preoccupied with, you know, you turn on your television and it's a distraction. It's, it's, it, they want you to be focused on anything but what you really need to do. And I think that in the case of Joseph, he knew exactly what he needed to do. He needed to get ready for what was coming. Right. Same with Noah. Right. He needed to get ready for something. So, um, and Joseph even had a outline as to when that was going to happen. Yes, sir. Now, I'm not here to like, I'm not here to like, a, a, what do you call it, a fear monger. Sure. I'm not here to, to uh, um, make, we already saw what they are capable of doing. They're running drills on us all the time. That's right. And so we should anticipate if they got a goal to be up to no good. And we know the devil's behind a lot of this. We should be proactive. And like you said, gospel minded in going towards getting ourselves ready for stuff. Cause even if we're doing positive things like, man, I hope I don't offend the people who were, you know, trying to do things locally, politically, that's all good. And I'm not saying stop doing that. But if they were really to do something really bad to us, like they did this a few years ago and they shut the whole world down. Yeah. Um, um, what do we do? You know, so here, here's my motivation, bro, is I'm looking at it in very small time increments. Mm-hmm. I'm at it like if they were to drop this on us in a week, and I hope they don't, but if they were to, if I only had seven days to get ready, Mm-hmm. What would I do? All right. So I'm going to pass it to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks. I got about two minutes before my break. And of course, this is what the 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 cudgeling of uh, prophetic warning is all about. This is what the scriptures tell us. The scriptures say that men are like fish, Solomon, Ecclesiastes, taken in an evil net. At a time that they know not. So the fish are swimming in schools. A big dragon that is cast and they're swooped up uh, unbeknownst of their their own demise. And that's what human beings are. That's what Solomon said. And, and this is, is repeated throughout history. And what does the biblical narrative and the biblical text tells us? 
God does nothing but that he warns his servants first. And so no one will face God on the judgment and say, I didn't know. There will be there will be mm-hmm. ways in which every human being will know that they were warned some kind of way. And of course, that is really the role of the church at a prophetic level to be like the sons of Issachar that knew the times. We're not hearing in general that preachers are knowing the time. They're not because they're not talking like it. But to answer your question before we break, what I appreciated about multiple levels and insights inside of Leave the World Behind, obviously it had its own uh, unique uh, twist on it too, but it's fundamental hierarchical categories were very clear to me. The person that was most ready for that event was the person that was prepared. The person that was most ready for the event was the person that read not only the front page, that is the legacy news outlet media, but as he told admonishing the two men in the program, the two major proponents of the movie, You guys have to read the second page and the third page and the back page. If you would have read all four pages, you would have known that we were entering into an economic collapse and that the satellites were going to be re-coordinated so that the power would be shut down. I knew this long time ago. How come you guys didn't know? He's called a prepper. He's called a prepper, JB. And, And this is what, again, our CIA, our governmental systems and our naive Americans who have been trained like Pavlov's dog to um, resist any kind of conspiratorial dialogue or any kind of conspiratorial framing, they're set up not to be prepared like the five foolish versions that did not take oil in their lamps. So the point is, as I teach the congregation I pastor, is you need to be prepared for any natural catastrophe, for any ecological destabilization, for any kind of storm, any kind of blackout. Like you said, JB, and I got to take a break. I'm way overdue. We've already been having these exercises for years in California. They ought to know what to do. Just store up moderately for for three weeks or for a month or for three months or four months, and we can talk at least. Again, call me back. Let's unpack that more fully. I got to take a break and then we'll come back with our other calls on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed we are. We only have a few minutes to go. Let's see if we can get uh, some conversation with line number three. Floyd on line number three. Mr. Floyd, are you there? Hello, Hello, Pastor Jesse. How you doing, my brother? Okay, it's good to hear your voice. I just want to call in briefly to say thanks. I, I appreciate each and everything you do uh, with with the media radio program, which encourages uh, most for the for the most part healthy debate, and uh, even brings out some other issues that uh, should be addressed. Even for those who call in to try to overtalk you, or outsmart you, or just uh, to just uh, boost themselves up like a Pharisee. Uh, and I also appreciate your preaching and teaching. Uh, and, and I, I tell you, uh, since I've been on your preaching, uh, every day to me is uh, like a celebration, like a blessing. Uh, each and everything is such a blessing. Uh, and I was thinking back, uh, even folks uh, that come into your life that way have a negative experience, even that uh, is encouraging, and I'm thankful for that too, because uh, the Lord knows what he's doing. He uh, presents things into your life uh, that uh, you need to experience, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, he knows the end from the beginning, uh, as you know that better than anybody. 
Uh, and once I learned that, uh, I'm encouraged in each day. And there's never really a, a reason to complain. I don't put my head in the uh, sand like an ostrich. Uh, I realize that, uh, again, that every day has different challenges. And I, I, I stand there to meet them. Uh, and what's beyond my human uh, abilities, I know that the Lord is more willing and able and capable of handling what comes. And uh, Satan has his workers in this world, but uh, the Lord also has his workers here in the world. Uh, he is in control, regardless of how folks see things as being so overwhelming. Uh, and as far as leaving this world behind, I'd like to do it right now. But I know I'm <laughs> in it, though not of it. And uh, I'm encouraged to uh, to keep on keeping on. And it's, it's, the, it's the blessed thing. When the Lord I, real I, to- I totally agree with you, Brother Floyd. I totally agree with you uh, as far as leaving this world behind. Even so, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus. He gonna come when he gonna come. Very well spoken words, brother. Obviously, we're coming up close to the end of our time, but they were eloquent. I'm not gonna add anything to what you said because um, you laid it out on both sides. We have an enemy, but all he can do is advance us towards. God's glory, particularly as we, as we stand for him and the gospel and and uh, share the truth with men and women as it is in Christ and, uh, and walk by faith and just rest in the reality that this is all part of the big plan. I, uh, I, I totally agree with you, my dear brother. And good to hear from you, too. Tell, tell your lovely wife over there uh, of so many years that uh, uh, PJ said hi. And, uh, and and we miss you guys as well. But I know you're keeping up online because you, you email me and let me know you're part of a whole group of uh, our family members that's that's watching live stream. So stay healthy, my dear brother, and uh, continue looking to our master. And thank you for gracing us with your call. We're going to go to line number four real quick before we shut it down and talk with Brother Dave. Dave, are you there? Uh, yeah, um, Pastor Jesse, I, I am definitely here right now, and I, I really appreciated <laughs> your observation about the fact that the Democrats have not presented a candidate other than Joe Biden right now. And obviously, uh, 2024 has already begun. It's yes. getting kind of late, and they, they haven't presented anybody other than Joe Biden, who is obviously not viable. Now, what do you think that's about? Well, uh, <laughs> that's... a. Uh, you know, that's a really good question, and until you brought it up, I honestly hadn't really thought about it a lot, but it, it's not good. Um, right. It's definitely, definitely not good. If you if you look at the signal, we'll just we'll just do some kind of spiritually, uh, spiritually disciplined thinking here, Dave. We'll she will close out the program. Right. You're going you can hear some some uh, some some uh, some, you know, music in our ears in about two minutes. But let's just think this through just a tad because we're going to have to have this conversation uh, real soon. I mean, if we if we get up into May or June and uh, they have not even uh, proffered the idea of two or three or more other candidates. What we know is going on, you guys, I'm talking to all of the thousands of people that are listening. What we know is going on is a usurpation of our constitutional principles at the level of elections. Uh, Democratically processed elections are essential to a free society. It doesn't matter whether you're on the left or the right. I don't care what side. That's right. Because what this means 
is that Amer- the American people are not having their desires met. I guarantee you there are all kind of people on the Democratic side that want somebody else other than Joe Biden. How is it that the Democrats can shut down a due process of legitimate and sincere and qualified candidates for standing up and speaking as the best representatives of the people as possible. See, even though we viscerally disagree, um, we still are American citizens. Joe Biden's still our president. If we were to get another uh, Democrat in there, I would want a Democrat that is at least somewhat sympathetic to the whole nation's needs <laughs> and desires. I'm, I'm not willing to succeed or uh, to uh, succeed to the idea, Dave, that, um, OK, um, if the um, if the Democrats can do it, if the Republican Republicans get in next time, we're going to do it, too. Our democracy is over. Yeah, that that's not OK. Um, that's not OK. That's not OK. Yeah. And and unfortunately, as as I believe Lloyd said so clearly, um, the the biggest hope we have is that God is absolutely, totally and completely in control. Without a doubt. And that's our joy. But we still are called to this battle. Right. The thing is, uh, just because God's in control doesn't mean um, uh, we're not going to have trials. Exactly. And it doesn't mean that we don't have responsibility under his sovereignty right. to do our part. Right. And, and have, that's why I also really appreciated your comment about being prepared. Yes, because, sir. yeah, um, absolutely. Right now, um, you've got you to have food. you got to have water. Uh, yes. You've got to have it squared away because um, anything could happen anytime. David, several things. I'll just run this list off and do it because I'm here to, I know I'm going to hear it in a moment. You got to have food. You got to have water. You got to have medicine. You got to have vitamins. You got to have sets of protocols. You have to have protocols so that we can continue sustaining self healing. If our government shuts down for any lawful reason, I mean, there could be a myriad of lawful reasons and we need to have self-sustaining resources. Even right now, we need to have them. People need to know that you need to have some of the natural, organic procedural protocols in your possession in the event that we get um, shut down for any catastrophic reason. People need to wake up and get prepared. Thank you for the call, my dear brother. We get ready to wind it down on this Monday edition of Black Mind. And, and what a joy to be able to have this conversation before the lights go out, because we know they can. In California, we've been through it over and over and over. And uh, if we have it taking place in a protracted way, then uh, the question is, do you have enough beans? Do you have enough soup? Do you have enough water? Do you have enough you know, canned goods? Do you have enough uh, basic medicinal elements just in case you're dealing with some kind of cold bacteria virus uh uh, whatever may be bacterial uh infection do you have some of the natural remedies our grandparents did our great grandparents we should too until next time the lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you, lift up his countenance upon you, be gracious to you, and give you his peace. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.